The Texanification of my language is improving, and I'm, I've got the, how y'all doing? It's, it's down. So here we are, Nebraska. This will forever be known uh, to my family as um, Nebraska Spring Break 2018. <laughs> my son came home and he informed us that as he was telling his friends at his school, hey, we're going to Nebraska for spring break. <laughs> and his friends were like, Why? <laughs> but we, we know it's you. It's you. It's you guys. We keep coming back to see you. So it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that Pastor Andrew did submission last week. Um, I would not have touched that with a 10-foot pole. He's a way better man than I with at least a 10-foot arm reach. And uh, I'm so thrilled that you guys got to go through that as a spiritual discipline I'm really excited by the spiritual discipline I get to present to you. My only concern is that you won't share my excitement. I am going to tell you today about a a dream God has for us. The dream that that we would hunger for him the way that he hungers for us. That that we would draw closer to him in in our own way. The way that he longs for us to just keep walking toward him and follow him. I have this this idea that what I'm going to present to you today is uh, life-changing. It has the ability not only to improve your walk with Jesus, but it also can uh, make your body healthier. And it also could make you lose weight. Like, there's everything in this message. I'm just afraid to tell you about it because then I have to use the word fasting. And as I was reminded last night, uh, I was having dinner with some of uh, some of y'all's CBC people. Uh, one of the persons at the table was like, oh, you're talking about fasting. I'm going to forget to set my alarm clock. <laughs> but I have good news. And the good news is that fasting is not... Uh, it's got a bad rap. It's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. And hopefully over the next little while, um, we'll just be able to take a journey together and, and be teased into finding a way that we can fast our way closer to the heart of the Father. Sound good? Um, good. I'm going to pray for us and uh, read the scripture for today, and then we'll get, we'll get jumping. The scripture today comes from the Gospel of John, and it's in chapter 4. Which is a really famous passage. It's the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Jesus goes and he meets this woman at noon at the well. And he asks for water and she gives him water. And they have this great conversation. And she races off and evangelizes to her whole town. And Jesus is just sitting there enjoying the fruit of the conversation. Like, this is great. I get water. I get to do my thing. Somebody's life has changed. Now she's going off evangelizing, telling everybody else. And he's just enjoying things. And then... His disciples show up. And the disciples uh, join him in verse 31. So John 4, verse 31. And uh, this is how John tells this story. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jewish, but Jewish. <laughs> Let me explain where that came from. I said, Rabbi, eat something. And in my mind, I thought, that sounded very Jewish. So Jesus, 
who was Jewish, <clears throat> replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? His disciples asked each other. Um, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. It's the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we are, we are once again humbled and equally excited to be in your presence together as one worshiping people. We ask that these words that come out of my mouth, that wouldn't be the food. The food would be that which we want to know more about. We want to know your word, your voice. We want to hear you speak. We want to know your presence. We want to be in the presence of the living God who makes all things new, including us, the stuff in our hearts, the space around our bodies, our relationships, our networks. We want to be around you, Lord, who lives, who hungers, who desires to see us transformed more and more into your likeness. Jesus, we ask that you would open our ears, that you would stand in our bodies, and that you would move us in a closer direction toward your heart. Amen. We praise you, Jesus, and we ask these things through the power and for the glory of your name. Amen. So fasting. Everybody excited yet? No. <laughs> yes, and I was afraid of. <clears throat> Fasting is not something in the Bible that we are directly commanded to do. There is no, so if you don't fast, you're not breaking the Bible. Uh, there is no commandment, thou shalt fast. There, there's no place in the prophets where the prophets say, and thine people who art with for thine fasting, for thine sanctification and glorification, thou art not eating for thine own privilege because the Lord doth say it so. Wait, y'all don't have that verse memorized? <laughs> there is no verse like that. There's the, praise the Lord. Can you imagine? Bible literacy. <laughs> uh, that would be terrible if it actually sounded like that. Glad it doesn't. Anyway, um, so we're not expressly commanded to do it, but we see the lives of the people in the scriptures. We see in their lives this commitment to fasting. We see it in the Old Testament, the Hebrew narratives. We see it in the prophets as they pray and as they mourn. We see it Jesus. He was fasting all the time. We see it the people um, around Jesus, his disciples. We see it in the New Testament church. We just see fasting as a part of the life of the Christian. And if we are capable of doing something that Jesus did, my suggestion, Christian, and if you're here today and, and you're not Christian and you don't follow Jesus and that's just not on your schedule, um, cool. I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm going to say some things that are going to be, you know, Christian-ish, uh, but a lot of this is going to be general health maintenance, and it's going to be really good for all of us. So even if, you're, if you don't know what you're hearing about the God stuff, the body stuff, the health stuff, you can just take notes on that furiously. Today is going to be good for you, I promise. Uh, and there's a, there's a meal at the end of it. <laughs> so Christian, I ask you this question. If there is something that Jesus did that we can do, ought we not do it? 
Are we not taking opportunity to follow in the footsteps of Jesus in all of the ways that we can? So if Jesus fasted, just let me entertain this idea that we can do it too. Not all fasting means not, all, not eating. There are other kinds of fasting. We're going to talk about that. But I want to start with fasting and, and specifically fasting from food because it's very interesting. First of all, when I was looking to research this message, the question that I asked first was, why do we call it fasting? Now, this is the beginning of the message. So what I'm about to do is comedy. So feel free to laugh at your leisure. Because if you don't, it becomes tragedy. <laughs> okay, this is going to be good. Okay. So my first question is, why do we call it fasting? For one, if you have ever fasted, anybody ever fasted from food? Just raise your hand so I can get an idea of who we got. Okay, we got some. Good. Okay. So um, as, I'm, as I'm talking, is if there's a point of agreement, go ahead and agree. If you disagree, let's talk about it outside. I just don't want to upset you with my correct version of things. <laughs> it's so fun to have a microphone. Um, okay, so fasting. Why do we call it fasting? If you have fasted for any amount of time, you know this one thing is true. There's nothing fast about it. It's the slowest measurable time that exists. You can be fasting in that slow time, watching slow motion film going, man, that's really fast. Like, it is so slow, and I don't know what it is because it doesn't translate. When you have a busy day and you look at your watch and it's 4 o'clock and you haven't eaten all day, like, that's not fasting. That's being too busy to eat. There's a difference if you fast and you say, I'm going to start fasting right now. The clock just goes... know what it is. It's the slowest thing. We ought to just call it slowing. (laughs) Because that's what happens. (laughs) Another thought I had was the reason that we call it fasting is because fast is the speed at which we stop fasting after we've started. (laughs) You have to plan really well. In fact, write that down. First step to fasting, plan really well. You got to get everybody around you on board because you say, all right, I'm going to start fasting. And then your very cute daughter comes up and says, daddy, would you give me some crackers? And you're like, yeah, I got the power of Jesus at work in me. Same power that rose him from the dead is at work in me. I'm not worried about any crackers. All of a sudden you go in the pantry and it's like, oh. You can read the labels of every box of food. You can see the calories and the sugar content. And you can like, you look at the Coke bottle and you're like, wow, I'm probably never ever going to eat Coke again. And then you get to the crackers and you hold one in your hand and it's like, oh, jewel of eternity. Lord Jesus, thank you for blessing the earth with saltines. (laughs) Oh, you make my mouth water, you Saudi temptress. (laughs) after five minutes of fasting. (laughs) Which in dog ears feels like, you know, three days. So you take this cracker to your child and then you race back and you kind of like munch on. Anyway, that's another thing. Write this down. Don't forget your fasting. 
If you entertain a fast of any kind, I love it when I'm in the kitchen and I'm like chowing down on an apple and I'm just talking, you know, I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing. I'm eating an apple and my wife comes through and she's like, how's that apple? Like, this is good apple, surprisingly. She's like, huh, what happened to your fasting? Like, I totally forgot. Write it down, put it on your mirror in your bathroom. Like, right, you got to remind yourself, you're fasting. Don't open this, put it, <clears throat> duct tape your refrigerator, whatever you have to do. So anyway, uh, but here's, here's where fasting comes from. Here's where we get the word, fast. It comes from an old English word, which if you add a couple of A's and E's, and the word becomes like fast. However you pronounce it, it doesn't matter. The word means to stand firm. When we fast, we stand firm. They used to yell this word on the battlefield, meaning hold fast. Stay strong. Stand firm. And the picture we get from this one word, fast, is the, the picture of that medieval army, you know, in their kilts with their farming equipment. And then the cavalry of the much superior force coming upon them with their armor and, and lances and archers. And we just see this line of, of warriors just holding the line, standing firm, staying strong. So if you ask me, this is the most relevant spiritual discipline to your series title because stronger is in the name the whole point of fasting is growing you in a strength that enables you to move toward the presence of God let me ask you a question what are you hungry for do you remember Burger King aren't you hungry for Burger King now do you remember that please somebody Please, somebody who was born before 1997. <laughs> that was a Burger King jingle. They used to sing, aren't you hungry for Burger King? And the whole idea was that you would go, I'm strangely hungry for Burger King right now. But see, fasting makes us ask a different question. Aren't you hungry for the presence of God now? Fasting pushes us into a place by allowing us to shed other things that allows us to pick up the fullness of the presence of God. By holding firm, standing strong. And this is where the Bible gets really relevant because the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church in Ephesus, see, he knew that we needed to be able to stand strong so that we would remain resilient as we moved toward the presence of God. So he tells the church in Ephesus this in chapter 6, verse 13, he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God for the days that are coming are evil and by doing this, you will stand firm. And after doing all of this, you will stand. Much like my children have now gone outside in y'all's Nebraska Arctic. And they've run back in going, it really is 30 degrees out there. <laughs> Paul had gone out into the world and he had seen the world and he walked into the church and he said, the days are really evil out there. And if we're going to walk out there with resilience, 
moving into the presence of the power and the peace of God, we've got to be armed with something so that we can stand firm. So he says, put on the full armor of God. And one of the tools, one of the instruments of God's power and his presence and peace is fasting. Fasting isn't a way just to deny yourself so you can be pitiful. It is a way of taking on the presence of God so you can be powerful. Another tip of fasting is go on about your life. In Matthew 6, Jesus tells his disciples and tells the crowd that's listening, he says, don't look terrible when you're fasting. Don't look, at you, don't look like you're at your worst. Don't look miserable. Don't curl up in a ball on a floor. Don't wear ashes all over your face. Put a little oil on your face. Look fresh. Shave your head. <laughs> Trim your beard. Show some dignity and respect. Because what you're doing when you communicate that fasting is terrible is you're saying, oh man, what I'm doing right now, I'm doing for God. Want to be a Christian? Holy Spirit's really powerful. Of course, you have to starve. Jesus is like, hey, go on about your life as normal. You're, You're doing something powerful here. You're engaging in the presence and the peace of God. You're doing something amazing. So look good. Make fasting look good. You can do this. We're going to talk about how it is that you can do this after you've been not eating in just a minute. But don't step down in front of people because you're choosing inwardly to step up toward God. You feel me? Okay. Stand firm. Fasting also builds strength of spirit. It builds strength of spirit. My wife and I were in a period of our life where we were running marathons and half marathons. And our days were about training. And then we hit some really difficult circumstances and our situation completely changed. And you guys, you you have been a part of that the whole way. And you you will never fully know the healing that has happened in me and my heart because Jesus chose to use you to do it. I'll be eternally grateful for you. You got 200 some people giving their life to Jesus and you have a career Christian here whose life has been transformed by your love and his presence in you. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Um, I wouldn't be, we wouldn't be where we are without you. And I don't take that lightly. Um, so, uh, boy, I got all the mo. Anybody remember what I said before that? Can you erase this on the, on the streaming thing? So let me pick a new place to start. It makes you, it makes us spiritually resilient and it grows in us a spiritual strength. We were running. That's where I was. Thank you. We were running, and uh, we hit this time, and we stopped running. And only recently have we begun to run again, because my wife is, uh, she's going to run a marathon in Berlin in September. Um, We're really excited about that, raising uh, money and awareness for clean water in, um, I think, Uganda, Africa. It's a large continent. So, so we've started running again. And, the, and the, the point of me telling you this is that uh, one day you run two miles. 
And the next day you run two miles. And the next day you run two miles. And then the next day you rest. And then the next day you run three miles and it's harder, but you earned that last mile. And then you run three miles and then you rest. And then the next day you run four miles and that fourth mile is impossible for me. For her, not so much, but for me, it's impossible. And you just continue to build this strength and stamina to increase your range. And friends, there are two things I want you to walk away with today. And one is that fasting is about doing something that that gives you the, the ability to move closer toward the presence of God. That's one of them. Two is that it's not easy and we work at it and we work at it together. We, we, we build strength as we continue to find ways to fast our way into the presence of God. So here's a couple of really interesting pieces. And I know you're glad because this has not been interesting. Um, so interesting. This is the science of fasting. And if you want to know more about the science of fasting, you can do what I did and go to seminary for four years. No, I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> if you want to know more about the science of fasting, YouTube it. Uh, there is so much on YouTube about fasting. There is so much that I'm not even going to talk about some of it, half of it, even the good stuff, because I'm counting on you to be curious about this and go home and YouTube fasting. There's amazing stuff. You can also watch a documentary called The Science of Fasting, which I found to be really profound in a number of ways and boring in a number of others. So I'm going to share with you some greatest hits. By the way, it's okay if you watch documentaries and you're like, that was really profound. And I'm sad I watched it. Anyway, um, so the science of fasting is this. When you have fasted, your brain gets afraid that you are too dumb to ever eat again in your life. When you begin to deny your body food, your brain looks at the rest of you and goes, man, I thought, I thought we were tighter than this, but we are not. <laughs> your brain begins to perform at a higher level. It moves to a peak function and actually gives you a greater sense of mental acuity. And the reason that it offers you this heightened intelligence, this greater sense of mental acuity, is not so that you will be smarter in front of your friends. It's so that you will be smart enough to find your next meal. Your brain is so committed to the survival of your being that it actually raises your intelligence to give you that extra little oomph you needed to go to Burger King because aren't you hungry for Burger King now? But you don't have to use it for finding food. After fasting for a little bit, you can use the heightened mental acuity, which actually happens. You can use that heightened mental acuity to take tests, to read books, to write books if you're doing that. You can use that mental acuity to sit and listen, to be present in the presence of God. You can use that mental acuity in a ton of different ways. Your body doesn't really care. It just wants to offer you the help in case you've forgotten what food looks like. Another thing that it does is that fasting gives your digestive system a break. So the first couple of days of fasting, what happens is your digestive system realizes what's going on. It gets on the the fasting train and it begins to just get rid of all the stuff that it needs to get rid of so that it can go into energy-saving mode. When it's in energy-saving mode, this is amazing. It tells your body to stop stressing out about everything. Your digestive system says, okay, everybody, okay, everybody, (laughs) we just need to tone it down. And in doing so, your body releases less cortisol. 
And cortisol is a hormone that gets into your body and goes into your brain and tells your brain to store every single scrap of fat cell right here that it possibly can. Cortisol tells your body that this party could be over any moment and it just needs to store fat. And so cortisol raises your stress level and increases your weight. But with a relaxed digestive system, it stops releasing the cortisol. The cortisol is absorbed into your body and your brain begins to use the fat and turn it into protein so it can feed itself because it's a selfish little monster. The third thing that happens is that your body can actually, in in fasting, your body can actually heal itself of diseases that we treat with medicine. Science is actually finding that, I think it's an astronomical number, it's astounding, 60% of people who submit themselves, hat tip to last week, submit themselves to fasting, 60% see improvement if not a cure for asthma. 60% see improvement if not a cure for rheumatoid arthritis. 60% see an improvement if not a cure, from severe mental health issues. There was a doctor who had a patient with severe mental health disorder, and the patient wasn't eating. And what the manual said was, what we need to do is strap him down, and we need to force feed him food. But he was like, maybe maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should just kind of... We should watch him and just see where this takes course. So after about 15 days, they put a, a glass of apple juice on his nightstand. And after 21 days, they had put fresh apple juice, but he drank the apple juice. After 28 days, he began to eat again. And after 35 days, he checked himself out of the hospital. The, uh, it's not a retention rate, it's another great rate. Um, But they found that 40% of patients who are able to check themselves out after um, this kind of treatment through fasting, uh, 40% are able to stay out of the hospital and uh, have what we would say is a normal life. Fasting can heal the body. It's crazy. It's as if God knew that science was going to be invented. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I believe God is the creator of all things, created science, created, and it's just a wonderful thing when we see the Bible and science link up like this. There was, there was no mystery to Jesus when he was fasting. He knew exactly what he was doing. When you want to enter into a time of prayer, when you're praying for the disciples that you love and you know that you're going to leave them, you fast them and your mind becomes more acute and your, your brain gives you more intelligence and you're able to, to pray in a different way. And I don't know if you, if you uh, those of you who have fasted, I don't know if you've experienced this, but this is what I've experienced. It's an intangible. It's like love. There's a lot of it. Every day I have a lot more, but I couldn't draw a picture of it on a piece of paper. I couldn't put it in an Excel spreadsheet for you, but I can tell you love is, right? So when I have fasted, one of the things that I've experienced is that fasting draws the veil between heaven and earth closer. When I fast, there just seems to be less distance between me and my father. Our Father, I'll share him. When I fast, I just, there's this supernatural state where I just feel like I'm closer to God. Now, like Pastor Andrew said, you do not need to fast to be close to God. God has brought himself closer to you than your next breath in the person of Jesus. Amen? God can't get any closer to you. 
And yet, I hear Christian after Christian after Christian say, man, I feel so far away from God. It's been so long since I felt like Jesus was close to me. God hasn't gone anywhere. You have. I have. We have. So the grace in fasting is the opportunity for us to participate, for us to play ball, for us to do something in order to close that gap. And they tell you that gap closes so fast. It's just a, a, a gift of grace that we have. Now, do you have to fast from food? There are some people who have really legitimate dietary issues and they can't. And I would say the answer is no. In fact, some of us, we may not even be at the place where we can fast from food. There's other levels of distraction where we could fast from food and we wouldn't feel any closer to God because there's other barriers in the way that we've put there. We get so easy. Sorry, sorry. Hang on a second. It's my, it's my sister. Hang on. She's getting married. Hang on just a second. Hey, sweetie. I'm preaching right now. Can I call predictive text? Call you back. So my wife and I run uh, marathons. (laughs) Some of us, fasting from food would do no good because there's a little something in the way. Some of us are being invited to a fast right now because God is saying, hey, I am so close to you, you're just not seeing it. I put people around you. Look around. I put these relationships in front of you. I put connections everywhere. But you can't see them. We walk around our lives so concerned with who's Snapchatting us. And thank you, Pastor Andrew, for texting me. I mean, tweeting me. Um, we, we, we're so concerned with our image and the way people are seeing and the way people, we're seeing other people. We keep this phone in front of us like Jesus himself was going to jump out. But I would submit to us that this may be the first best fast that we could ever do. And if this was the only fast that we did, when we showed up in front of Jesus, Jesus would say, good job with the phone. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you what. I know Peter. And he would have needed to do that too if he were you. As a matter of fact, I suggested many times that Peter fast from speaking. (laughs) By the way, spouses, you are not allowed to hyper-spiritualize that and use in your home with your spouse. (laughs) Oh, I think you better fast from speaking. (laughs) We all know how that sounds. The, the, The thing, friends, is this. What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for your next tweet? Are you hungry for your next Snapchat? Are you hungry for that email? Are you hungry for that next text? What are you hungry for? Are you hungry? Do you have to watch all 17 episodes of the latest Walking Dead season on Netflix now? What are you hungry for? Do you need to be distracted? Is that what you crave? Do you need to be entertained? Is that what you crave? Or do you long to be rooted in the presence of the God who loves you, of the God who made you, of the God who claims you, of the God who leaves you, who won't forsake you, who won't walk away from you, who comes all the way to you. Do you hunger for that God? 
Because that God is so hungry for you. What are you hungry for? Aren't you hungry for Burger King now? Or are you hungry for he's our king now? I pray that you're clapping because I got that off in one smooth motion. And you're not encouraging me. This is the point of fasting. He's our king. Our king wants you to be close to him. Our king is not content with this being a filter or a barrier in our relationship. Our king is not content with television tearing us from the relationships that he's given us. This Easter, this Lent, my family, we're in the habit of giving something up for Lent. And so I suggested, bravely and boldly, and like a man, I suggested that we for 40 days give up using plasticware. Totally. I'm a sacrifice for Jesus and I'm going to save the planet at the same time. My wife, she was like, I think we should just stop watching TV. And so I'm like, plasticware? TV. One of us wants to save the planet a little more than the other does. But I relented. And I said, okay, we'll fast from TV. Now, our TV viewing habit is not extreme. What it means is that at night, after we've you know, done the nighttime chores and we've got the kids to bed, about 10 o'clock, we plop down in bed and we watch a British murder mystery because those British people kill people really well. <laughs> it's not that, really. It's the fact that they get that moody music going on and then the Brits are like, this happened between 3 and 4 p.m. Like, he said 4. So here's what happened immediately. I'm talking first night. This is crazy. The first night we weren't watching television. We were in bed talking. Like literally. Just talking. This is crazy because I looked at her and I noticed something. She's got eyes. (laughs) Two of them. We took on the the additional discipline of praying together. And so we got a book called The Daily Hours, Easter Through Lent by Phyllis Tickle. If you're looking for something to pray your way through Lent and Easter, um, this book by Phyllis Tickle is great prayers. And and we read the prayer for nighttime and then we kind of add our additional prayers on top of that. And check this out. Check this out. I hear what's on her heart. And she hears what's on mine. All because we said we're going to fast from television. Had I got my way, we'd be fasting from takeout barbecue. But it's (laughs) fasting from television. We're actually building relationship. And I'm seeing the blessing that God has given me and her new again for the first time. What are you hungry for? Let me ask you this question. Are you hungry for good food? Or are you hungry for God food? 
Are you hungry for awesome steak that you can have almost any time you want? Or the blessings of God that are offered to you through the laying down of something that's going to be sacrificial? Remember that time when Jesus looked at his disciples and he said to them, greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus, friends, laid down his life for you and me so I can lay down TV for 40 days. There's never going to be a day when Jesus is like, I'm so glad I laid down your life, my life for you. And I'll be like, yeah, I really regret laying down the television for you. <laughs> what are you hungry for? What is the Holy Spirit inviting you to set aside for the glory of God? What is the Holy Spirit inviting you to set aside so that you can take a step closer into the power and the peace of the presence of God? You were created for this. Not that. What are you hungry for? The disciples come to Jesus and he's had this amazing time with this woman from Samaria and he shouldn't have been there. You've heard these sermons and, and if you're not a Christian, you haven't heard this, the messages on the, the woman at the well, I invite you to read John 4. I invite you to look up uh, sermons on the, on the webpage. Um, I'm not going to tell the whole story. It's not because I don't love you. I'm just going to wrap this up and get us to the, to the feast of our king. He's seeing amazing ministry happen and his disciples come and they're like, okay, okay. It's noon. He's sitting in the sun at a well with no bucket. He just saw he was with a woman by himself and she's a Samaritan woman. That's bad. Now she's telling, now more people, more Samaritans are coming. This is bad. Jesus is obviously crazy. His fasting's gone on way too long. Rabbi, you need to eat. You need to break your fast because you've lost your mind. And Jesus says, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm okay. I have food you know nothing about. You're worried about good food. I'm eating God food. And it is the God food that will nourish my soul. It is the God food that will give me the power and the peace and the presence to minister to a woman who has the potential to change and transform her whole town. That's the purpose of God food. God food gives you the strength to be the word of God in your neighborhood, in your community, in your school, in your home, everywhere you go in your church. God food is what transforms the world. Friends, are you hungry for Burger King or are you hungry for he's our king? We want to know that food. We want Jesus to say, I have food that you know a lot about because we have shared this meal in sacrifice together. That's good. What are you hungry for, church? What are you hungry for? Is your next meal going to be Burger King or is your next meal going to be He's Our King? There's only one right answer and it doesn't have a crown. Yes, it does. <laughs> Dang, that would have been so much better if I said, there's only one right answer and it doesn't have, it's not a cartoon. Can I just rewind? I have the luxury and the pleasure and the honor 
to invite you to break your fast. Right now, I don't know if you're aware of it, but you've been fasting this whole time. You have been gathered together in a service of worship. You have been drawing closer to the presence of God by sacrificing the distractions of the world, the distractions of your home. Many of you have not even checked your phones this whole time. You have been sacrificing self for the purpose of the Father. You don't need my help to convince you to fast. You're already doing it. You come and you do it weekly. Keep on doing that and invite others to do it with you. Because here's the good part. At the end of every fast, we get to break the fast with a meal. And there's no better meal than this one. There's, there's no better feast than this one because this feast was prepared for us by he's our king. When we come forward and, and we go to these tables, we're not sitting at a table with a little bread and a little cup. We're at the banquet table of Christ our king. And, and he's reminding us who he is so that we'll always remember who we are. Amen. That's good. Jesus was sitting around with his friend and it was just like this, I promise you. People so near and dear to his heart and he was looking from face to face and he was filled with memories, flooded with memories at every person he looked at and he looked at Peter and he was like, now would be a good time if you'd fast from speaking, but whatever. <laughs> and he took bread and he lifted it up and he he gave thanks for it. He thanked his father for it. And then he broke it. And he looked at his friends and he said, this is my body and it's broken for you. And then they went back to their meal. Some might have missed that completely. And others were thinking that was peculiar. I wonder why Jesus did that. Oh, well, he does a lot of weird stuff. I don't know. And then he picked up the cup and he said, this is the cup of a new covenant. This is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sin. Do this in remembrance of me. And, and as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim my name until I come again. Now, friends, I am not the sharpest hamster on the wheel. But I do know this for a fact. Jesus is coming again. So we are invited to his table. And I want to ask you to think about a couple of things as you, as you eat this bread and drink this cup. If right now the Holy Spirit has been putting on your heart something that, that you need to put aside so that you can take on more of the peace, power, and presence of God. Maybe it is good food that you need to set aside so that you can take on some God food. Maybe it is putting your phone in a drawer when you go home so that your family has your full attention. And all the other people who are Snapchatting you, they just got to cope. So that you can take on being filled with the image of God in front of your family. Whatever the Holy Spirit is, is talking to you about, as you go and take the bread and the cup, just say thanks. Yeah. Just 
just say thank you that you want to be with me and in me to transform me so that I'm more like you. And then some of you are at a place where you're so filled with distractions that you don't even really know where to begin with fasting. You've got other issues to deal with. And I want to encourage you to take those to the table. And ask the Lord to reveal to you where you need to start removing layers so that you can get to the fast and the stronger and the stand firm. And then if there's anybody in this room who right now for the first time is feeling hungry for he's our king. Oh, you've had all the Burger King you can eat. You've had all the French fries that they could reheat for you. You've had the junior and the double stack and the double stack with cheese and bacon. And yet you still find yourself hungry for something you can't put your finger on. He's here. And if you're hungry for him, he's hungry for you. Since the beginning of the time, of time, our God has been craving this moment with you. So I want to invite you to this table where you can take the, the bread and you can take the cup and you can say, Jesus, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I count on you Amen. to fill me in after. Either way, when we break this fast, it's an opportunity for new life. What are you hungry for, church? I promise you, you'll find it here. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for a day of speaking to this church that you have, you've planted so deep in my heart. I thank you for a day that I get to spend with these brothers and sisters. I thank you for a day where we get to be encouraged together by the power and the peace and the presence of your word. Lord, if there's a food that you have that we don't know about, would you, would you show it to us? Would you give it to us? We're hungry for you, Lord. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that whatever it is you do in this moment, whatever it is that you do with this bread and this cup, however it is that that you are present, oh, we cannot wait to experience you in that. Speak to us, Lord. We want to be stronger. We want to stand firm. We want to be closer. We pray these things in the power of And the glory of the name of Jesus. Let us feast. Amen.